Guys, your parents don't pack your lunches anymore, but you still need to eat. Have your favorite restaurants brought to you with DoorDash. Brown paper bag not included. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,000 cities, so you might find a new favorite. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucs podcast. I am James Yarko doing another crossover episode. Check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Follow David at DH82 underscore Bucks. And of course, at Bucks underscore Nation. Joining me today is part of the SB Nation family from blogging the boys, RJ Ochoa. RJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm really excited that this Cowboys Bucks game is here because it's the last one of the preseason, which means uh, our you know good times are about to be had. Oh yes, yes, and uh, and both both of our teams have had some relatively interesting off seasons to say the least. Let's go ahead and dive into some of the things that have been going on with the Cowboys. Let our fans get to know the team a little bit better. Obviously, there is a. Um, a major name that has not reported and uh, it seems a little bit bitter. And that of course is Ezekiel Elliott. What, what do you make of this whole Ezekiel Elliott holdout thing? Well, you know, it's um, it's been kind of fluid, honestly. Um, I was out in Oxnard for a week and everybody kind of thought, you know, Oh, you know, he's going to show up when the reports that he might hold out had really started, but you know, then he didn't. And it was just a matter of, Oh, you know, he'll come, you know, after the first, uh, you know, kind of wave of things is over and he didn't show up. And then it was, Oh, you know, he'll come after they go to Hawaii to take on the Rams and you no, know, no, he didn't show up and oh, he'll be there when they get back to the star. And then there was the report about him, uh, being on a flight back to DFW and everything. It's, it's really interesting because you would think that all of those characteristics would lead, you know, people to panic, but generally I think there's a, a sort of understanding that, he'll he'll play they're really I think if you polled the average Cowboys fan they're pretty uh firm in the belief that at some point you know before now or between now and the regular season Zeke's going to show up this contract's going to get done and he's not going to miss a regular season snap so while it seems volatile on the outside I think that uh this is the you know sort of most peaceful holdout I've ever seen okay all right, yeah, because I I definitely view it as as kind of a volatile situation. So it's interesting to hear you say that. Now, I will say, full disclaimer: as a card carrying member of the Ohio State Haters Club, I was <laughs> predispositioned to not like this guy heading into the NFL. Uh, this holdout has kind of stuck my feet in a little bit deeper because, in in my opinion, of course, outside looking in, 
he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. This is a guy that still has one more year plus a team option left on his contract. So to me, if you're, if you're going to hold out and I understand he's one of the best and one of the most talented running backs in the NFL, if not number one, um, but you, you still are under your rookie deal. And this isn't something that we've really had to deal with in the NFL are guys holding out with this much time left on a rookie deal so do you feel that that zeke is in the right here or do you think you know what dude just go ahead come in play this year you still have the fifth year option that's when you're going to get your payday well i think there's multiple answers to that um you know not to kind of try and uh you know play both sides of this thing i, I think and i don't i'm sure you'd agree with me to, at the very least to some degree you know we always want to see guys get paid we know this game sure. is fleeting we know that you know it can all change in an instant and so uh every opportunity a guy you know has to get paid i'm i'm certainly of that mindset you know whoever the the guy plays for by the way uh, you mentioned you hate ohio state i am a texas a&m alum so i love me some mike evans uh oh, but right. um but you know i i I totally agree with you in that you know this is certainly an interesting situation and people come down on it from the perspective of well you know the cba mandates that you you know live out the life of your contract and the fifth year option if that's applicable to you but to that point the cba also allows you to hold out if you truly want to so you know zeke isn't like breaking the law um the, the other thing here and i've said this you know on our podcast and i've written it at blogontheboys.com I feel like the Los Angeles Rams are not getting enough grief because if, if it was my job and if it was our job, you know, RJ and James, and we had to defend the notion that Zeke Elliott deserved to be paid now today, my primary, you know, sort of point would be Todd Gurley got paid after three years. He was a first round running back. Zeke's a first round running back. Todd Gurley was one of the best in the NFL. Zeke's one of the best in the NFL. In fact, Zeke is more accomplished now than Todd Gurley was a year ago when he got paid. And the Rams, I don't think, get enough, you know, flack for the precedent that they set. That that's an unfortunate thing to, you know, have in the conversation if you're the Cowboys, that the Rams did that because that precedent, however, you know, ridiculous it may be now with the benefit of hindsight, it exists. And so that's working to Zeke's benefit. Uh, but I agree with you. Overall, I don't think he has a whole lot of leverage in this particular situation. The only leverage he really would have would be, and people are so quick, you know, to tell you, James, that oh, Emmett Smith held out. 1993 and Jerry Jones got a deal done uh but if the Cowboys start to lose games although I don't think that will happen you know the first three games of the season for the Cowboys are the Giants at home on the road in Washington and the Dolphins at home Zeke or no Zeke I mean you know yeah I think that you could see a world where they go three and oh you know even without him so it's a really interesting kind of setup and there's a lot of you know details on both sides but overall I do think this is an uphill battle for Zeke yeah, and it's it's funny you bring up the Rams. That never, honestly, never even dawned on me that Gurley's deal was done after the third year. I, for some reason, when the deal got done in my head, I was just like, all right, well, you know, that's just like any other rookie. He didn't want to play on his fifth-year option. But, yeah, you're right. That was after three years. So um, that's stinking Sean McVay. He's just ruining lives forever. <laughs> um, Basically. Before we get to the game on Thursday, there is another contract issue that's been going on with the Cowboys, and that's, of course, with quarterback Dak Prescott. You know, it was reported that he was offered a pretty massive deal and and turned it down. Where do you stand on on Dak Prescott's uh, contract situation? Do you feel that he was offered a, a fair amount? How do you feel about Prescott as the quarterback? Uh, you know, kind of give us the the lay of the land at the QB position. 
Well, when it comes to Dak Prescott in Cowboys, you know, sort of nation or Cowboys fans, Cowboys Twitter, there are really two camps. There are pro Dak and supremely anti Dak. Uh, I happen to live in the former camp. Uh, I'm a card carrying member, uh, to your point earlier, and <laughs> Dak's done well. And I'd be interested, by the way, to hear what an objective person thinks um, in terms of your assessment on him. But I, you know, this is a whole different thing from Zeke from the perspective of this is a quarterback. And, you know, let's say Zeke is the best running back in the NFL. Dak is, you know, let's be generous, the 11th, 12th best quarterback in the NFL. I would still rather pay Dak because that position is so much more important and so much more difficult to find and replace, et cetera. And so the rumored offer that Dak turned down was $30 million per year. And I think that's low. I mean, and I know that sounds strange. And I know that the people that are DAC detractors laugh at that and say he'd be lucky to get $25 million per year. But the reason I think that's low is because from an annual average value perspective, $30 million is fifth in the NFL right now. That's what Matt Ryan's making. And and by the way, a year ago, everybody freaked out when he got it. And now he's as low as fifth, which is what will happen with DAC a year from now. Um, if and when he does get his deal. But I think that that's low. I mean, you look at what Carson Wentz got paid. He's sitting at $32 million per year. And there's a, a lot of debates that have happened uh, between Cowboys and Eagles fans between the two quarterbacks. But it's hard to prove that Dak Prescott hasn't accomplished more in his three seasons. In, in fact, you look at Russell Wilson's deal, and I've run into a lot of uh, Twitter hate when I've made this comparison. But in terms of what Dak Prescott has done these last three years that he's been in the NFL, he outshines Russell Wilson during these last three years. He has a comparable resume to Russell Wilson's first three years, although obviously Russell won a Super Bowl. I think Dak is worth, you know, the market rate. And if that market rate was $30 million, he'd be worth that. But I think right now it's worth kind of 34 35 So I think that's what you've got to pay to keep him. Okay. All right. Yeah. When I, when I look at Dak, I, um, you know, I'm not going to place him in the top 10. In fact, and it's funny you bring up the, the Twitter divide because we very much have that with the Buccaneers. There are people that love Jameis Winston and there are people that want him out of there and don't believe he's a good quarterback and, and want nothing to do with him. So, and there's very little middle ground, if any at all, it's, it's one extreme or the other. Um, but I would almost put Dak and Jameis kind of in that same tier just outside the top 10. I, I do believe they're better than average, but I don't believe that that they're, you know, the the upper echelon by any means. Um, so, yeah, it's it's funny. We talk about kind of, you know, Jameis is in his fifth year option now. And what kind of deal is is he going to get? And and I think to myself, wow, $30 million a year for Jameis. That's that's a lot of money. Um, I don't think he'll get that, but I could be wrong. You know, we see the market for quarterbacks as you brought up, you know, Matt Ryan got this massive contract and all of a sudden he's, he's fifth in line. The market for quarterbacks is just astronomical. And if you have somebody that even has the slightest chance to get you into the postseason and at least get you a ticket to the dance there, uh, teams will pay out the, out the wazoo for him because they are so hard to find. No, I think that's true. And I think that's well said. Um, you know, I, I think um, in terms of the two situations, Dak with the Cowboys and Jameis with the Buccaneers, you know, from a, uh, how, you know, how difficult it is to handle perspective, I think I prefer the Dak one because I think, you know, and maybe this is a word of advice to the people that, that are anti-Jameis. Uh, and, you know, because you've got the people that believe, oh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times. Well, just let's just move on from Jameis, make him play out the fifth year option. And we'll draft Tua or Justin Herbert and, and then we'll go. And, you know, Bruce Arians will, will be the 
whisperer to that guy or whatever. Uh, but I would, I, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of Cowboys fans have wanted the Dak deal to get done because the moment Pat Mahomes' deal is done, and if the Bucks are trying to negotiate with Jameis after that, not that he would necessarily surpass that, but that's just going to create an incredible obstacle in what is already a really dicey market. That's a, That's another great point. Yeah, Mahomes is going to be off the charts. That's that contract is going to be just obscene in, in NFL terms. I mean, we see obscene contracts with MLB and the NBA and and these guys are getting way more money than the NFL players, which is why I don't think we're going to have football next year when when the uh, CBA is up. But that's a that's a discussion for another day. Um, but RJ, let's go ahead and, and start talking about Thursday's game and you know, whether Zeke was in camp or not, it would have no bearing on Thursday's game because there's no way he would suit up. Are there going to be any starters for the Cowboys that are going to suit up? Or is it going to be very much these, you know, these bubble guys that are fighting and scratching and clawing to try to make the initial 53 man roster? You know, I think um, I think we might see some guys that could eventually start at some point, maybe later on this season. But uh, I, th- I think you're right, and I'd, I'd expect the same from Tampa Bay. Honestly, I mean, you know, this is a this is a, a game you're just trying to survive. I think for all 32 NFL teams, and so I think that we'll see the Cowboys kind of trot out. Um, you know, guys that are really on the line. You know, I think the maybe highest profile player, perhaps, and I'm being very generous, I think, with that term, uh, that the Cowboys could throw out. And I don't know exactly where your anti-Ohio State uh, sort of uh, origins begin, but uh, Taco Charlton, I think, you know, could get some serious <laughs> playing time uh, hailing from the University of Michigan. You know, he's a guy who's been on the bubble, former first-round draft pick, and hasn't really lived up to the hype in Dallas so far. I think that's like the the most impactful player you might see on Thursday. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, when people find out that I hate the Buckeyes, they always respond immediately with, Oh, you're a Michigan fan to which I respond with only once a year. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of these, some of these guys that are going to be fighting tooth and nail to try to make the initial roster, you know, are are some of these guys, you know, the undrafted free agents or maybe guys that they, they picked up, you know, low key and free agency or, uh, you know, guys that have, have barely hung on to roster spots and, and have really shined in camp. Um, you know, who is it that you're kind of looking at on Thursday night as far as these, these bubble guys? Well, it'll be interesting. I don't think either of these guys, there's a possibility they both make the roster, but at wide receiver, and, you know, it's an easier position to watch than, you know, say offensive line. Uh, Devin Smith, also a former Buckeye. Uh, I'm not doing that on purpose, I promise. But uh, De- former second-round pick uh, who the Cowboys uh, scooped up back in January, he and Cedric Wilson of Boise State fame are kind of battling it out for the sixth, potentially fifth and sixth roster spots uh, at wide receiver for the Cowboys. I think that's a big one to watch. The Cowboys are kind of entrenched at backup quarterback. Uh, They drafted Mike White out of Western Kentucky last year, and he might get some playing time, but he's been so bad this preseason. I just, you know, the Cowboys have carried three quarterbacks the last, I don't know how many years. This might be the first time in a while that they go with two. Um, on, on defense, I think the, the biggest sort of on the bubble, you know, point might be a cornerback and the Cowboys, they have obviously a starter and Byron Jones, who they like and Cheetah Bay Wuze and Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown, but it's going to come down, I think, to Donovan Alumba, who's, you know, the Cowboys have Chris Rashard as their secondary coach. He, uh, is the secondary coach from Seattle that helped 
PKL Construct, the Legion of Boom all those days ago. And Donovan Alumba is a guy who has the measurables of Richard Sherman. And he's a guy that Chris Richard has been in love with from the moment the Cowboys got their hands on him. And so it really kind of comes down to him. Or uh, I'm, I'm sure there are some Bucks fans that also root for the University of Miami, despite last Saturday's events. And uh, the Cowboys have two Hurricanes on their roster that are rookies, uh, both last name Jackson, incidentally. And Mike Jackson, a cornerback for Miami last year, he's him. he's really yeah, he's um he's on the bubble. Um, he's you know it's it's going to be him or Donovan Alumba, and I think the only thing going for Mike Jackson right now is that he was a draft pick, and so you know you've got that rookie contract, which can be very precious. Uh, but other than that, it might be Donovan Alumba's job to lose. Okay. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that my co-host David isn't here tonight. He and I, uh, we were very much on the Richard train back when the rumors started popping up uh, about a year ago or a year and a half ago, whenever it was that you know, Gruden could be coming out of retirement, returning to the Buccaneers and yada, yada, yada. And we we're like, no, don't don't hire Gruden. If you can't get Bruce Arians away from Arizona, you need to look at somebody like Chris Richard. I mean, that guy has mm-hmm. a future. I absolutely love his style love how he is as a coach uh really great guy I had the had the opportunity to say hi to him very briefly uh in indianapolis at the combine and just a, a downright cool dude i really like him a lot and um yeah i remember mike jackson you know coming out of miami i was a big fan of his and to hear that he's a bubble guy is i i guess you know for me is a little surprising but i haven't followed him since he you know, since he left college, obviously, and and wasn't sure how he adapted to the NFL game. So definitely some guys to keep an eye on there. Now, throughout training camp and, and preseason, there always seems to be one or two just diehard fan favorites. And a lot of times it's guys that don't end up making the team right now. All the buzz for the Buccaneers is a tight end named Tanner Hudson, who has made some incredible plays and and had some incredible catches and people are in love with him. The hard knocks years, it was Riley Bulla, who people were calling Fabio and Joe dirt and, and and all that. Who, who have fans gravitated towards this training camp? That's kind of on the, the lower end of the spectrum that is, you know, would be considered a, a bubble guy or maybe someone that you already know isn't going to make the team, but fans just love him anyway. I think, you know, that's always a great question. You know, pet cats, as Bill Parcells called them, people certainly have their favorites. Um, you know, entering training camp, people were really in love with an undrafted free agent offensive tackle the Cowboys signed, Mitch Hyatt, uh, who played football at Clemson, so a national champion, and in fact started more games than any Clemson Tiger ever has in that program's history. And so a lot of people were really high on him and, and again, as an undrafted free agent, I mean, he chose the Cowboys. And, you know, it's not an offensive line that necessarily has a lot of open spots, uh, but he is really underwhelmed and he's really kind of been a disappointment. And so he was where everybody kind of put all their stock in early. The Cowboys had a linebacker out of Nebraska, another undrafted free agent named Luke Gifford, who they'd really kind of, you know, every fan had really sort of planted their flag there, but he got hurt in the first preseason game in San Francisco. So people have really kind of, you know, been picking and choosing, you know, where, where's my next guy going to come. And so I think the guy that everybody's landed on now uh, is a guy out of my school, Donovan Wilson out of Texas A&M. He's a safety for the Cowboys. He's got two interceptions already through the preseason. And, you know, it's preseason, so you take it all with uh, multiple grains of salt. But, you know, the Cowboys, um, you know, Jeff Heath, I think for a while Jeff Heath had intercepted Jameis Winston every time he played him. I think the first two times. <laughs> uh, and so there, there's a, an ongoing trope with, you know, Cowboys fans. They call Jeff Heath the GOAT, and it's just kind of a fun thing. And, and he's a fun sort of fan favorite guy in general that's always been around. 
but the reality is he's not that great of a safety. He's really great on special teams, but Donovan Wilson presents the opportunity to finally get Jeff Heath off the field in terms of on defense. And so he, uh, he signifies a lot in that regard. And he's, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of Cowboys fans uh, root for Texas A&M. So he's got the hometown sort of vibe to him. That's a guy that um, I think everybody has, has been pleasantly surprised by, especially because he seems like a 53 man roster lock at this point. All right. And um, you know, before we, before we wrap things up here, Give us, um, you know, give us kind of your your three keys for the Cowboys for Thursday night. And, and obviously, you know, winning doesn't really matter. But you know, you've talked about a lot of these bubble guys that are trying to make the team. What are what are the three things that you want to see the Cowboys accomplish Thursday night to answer any lingering questions as as we exit the preseason and get ready for real football? Well, in terms of uh, things that would be great to see, you know, the last preseason game for the Cowboys was an incredible effort overall. Um, they had success on offense, on defense, on special teams. You know, they pitched a shutout against the Texans in in what is technically the most important preseason game. And so I'd like to see, you know, special teams continue to thrive. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, that's an area that the Cowboys have really struggled in in a sneaky way uh, for some time. And specifically, you know, the one thing that I think you can evaluate, um, you know, through the preseason to a fair degree, and I'm sure this is still a sore subject for you all, but is the kicking game. I mean, you know, because you're still kicking field goals and it's still somewhat real. And, and the Cowboys, you know, they parted ways with Dan Bailey last year at final 53-man roster cutdowns, and that was a really shocking thing. And they decided to roll with Brett Maher, who was fine, about an 80% kicker through his uh, first season in the NFL. And he's just been kind of shaky. You know, he's missed a lot of kicks at practice. He was, you know, rough early on in the preseason. He was perfect last Saturday night against the Texans. So I, I definitely want to see Brett Maher continue to, um, to you know, give us more uh, more confidence that uh, come regular season time, he's not going to be missing any kicks. I would like to see Mike White, who I mentioned, the Cowboys' third string quarterback, just just be functional. You know, at, at this point, he's a practice squad candidate, I think, and you never want to completely give up on quarterbacks who you drafted. So if Mike White managed to lead a couple touchdown drives, I think people would be really happy about that. And finally, I want to see, you know, the secondary, because I think everybody believes in the strength of the Cowboys defensive line. They had DeMarcus Lawrence, who they paid this offseason. They traded for Robert Quinn. You know, they they do have Taco Charlton, for what it's worth. Uh, and I think everybody believes in the Cowboys linebacking core, because you've got Leighton Van Der Esch, and you've got Jalen Smith, who just got paid. But the secondary doesn't really have that same oomph. And, uh, and I'd like to see it, you know, really just kind of take a step forward so that you feel all the more confident that it's going to be able to support the other two parts of the defense come regular season time. All right. And finally, the most important part, RJ, I need your score prediction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I, uh, I think that um, this could be, um, you know, like a 13 to six game. It kind of has that vibe. uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, Uh, there, I think there will be like three collective moments from both sides that will be fun and entertaining. Uh, but whatever the score is, we'll all be winners because that will mean we're a week away from actual regular season football. Oh, I could not have said that any better myself. All right. RJ, certainly appreciate some of your time. Why don't you let all of our listeners know where they can find all of your stuff, whether it's written, audio, you know, social media, all, all the rundown of what you're doing uh, covering the Cowboys. 
Sure. Well, you can check out everything we do at blogontheboys.com. That's obviously kind of a hub for all of our stuff. Um, our articles, we've got our podcast information there. You can subscribe to the Blog on the Boys podcast feed and our YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RG Ochoa. I also run the Blog on the Boys Twitter account, so you can follow us there at Blog on the Boys uh, for some good times. Thankfully, the Cowboys and Bucks don't play each other this year. Uh, but you can uh, you can beat up on Daniel Jones for us, I suppose, and do us a favor, and uh, and we'll try to knock out the Saints. You know, we'll try to help each other out. You know, you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours, and uh, and hopefully we're hopefully we're having a conversation come you know a divisional round of the playoffs weekend for a Cowboys Bucks matchup. That would be a lot of fun. I I like that. You know, people helping people. That's the dream. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll take care of the Giants early on in the season. I'm not sure when when is it that you guys uh, face the Saints. Well, I mentioned how they should go 3-0 and in those first three games. Um, the Cowboys play the Saints in New Orleans after that stretch. So if they do go 3-0, they'll, they'll put them to the test uh, in the Superdome on, on Sunday Night Football, actually. So that'll be fun. Okay. All right. Excellent. So, RJ, again, thank you very, very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Anytime. All right. And of course, you can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813 444 five eight four one follow along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at dh82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have a wonderful wednesday and thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks labels out here now they can't tell me nothing we give it to the people spread it across the country here we go